This is a News Radio 1440 podcast. And good Wednesday evening, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us here on Tactics, where speech isn't violence, tolerance isn't love, and disagreement isn't hate. Thanks so much for being with us here on the program. I know that it's Wednesday, and as usual, you guys are expecting something that comes from more of a worldview perspective, something that is sort of a meta-message as opposed to getting into the nitty-gritty. And so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to take a new story, and we're going to extrapolate. We're going to take it from the 10,000-feet look, and, and we're actually going to look at a couple different things today. So the big local news of the day... Uh, Funny Maine, you may remember we talked about just a few days ago. I think it was actually Thursday. So if you do want to go back and watch that, I have the segment up. It's at Tactics uh, YouTube channel. So if you want to go to the YouTube channel, just look for and search for Tactics Radio. Go to the channel. It should be one of the very first uploads on there. Uh, you can look for it in my local stories playlist, which if you haven't done so far, check it out and be sure to subscribe on YouTube. But when it comes to this guy, Jermaine Funny Man Johnson, he, he's the dude that does the, uh, the goofy how Bama fans would have watched this game kind of thing. And his videos are actually really, really funny. I, I hate that this happened to him. I hate that this news story is taking place and that he made some really bad decisions because, you know, he's a guy that I really liked. I, I have a very similar uh, sort of sentiment with different celebrities, different heroes that turned out to be not all that they were cracked up to be. Uh, one that comes to mind real quickly is Bill Cosby. I was a huge Bill Cosby fan, had several of his albums, loved both of his shows, and then it turns out that the guy is a scumbag. And I don't know that I would necessarily put Funny Man anywhere near that category. I want to be clear on that. Because, I mean, he's not date-raping women. Uh, he's inciting a riot, which is still bad, still illegal, and he should still have to face the legal penalties for that. But... You know, not nearly in the same ballpark as Bill Cosby. I was only equating them in the sense that they were people that I really liked, really admired, and then hate to find out that they did something they shouldn't have. So in this case, with uh, Funny Maine Johnson, so he had his charges dropped by the city. The city of Birmingham originally had brought him in and held him on bond uh, for charges of inciting a riot, which he did. We showed you the video evidence of it. You can go back and watch it in that video. Clearly, he was inciting a riot. That was a textbook case of encouraging other people to break things, break property, cause property damage, and encourage them to engage in criminal activity. You couldn't come up with a better example of that. And yet, now he's not even going to have to defend himself or try to suggest that he didn't do anything wrong because the charges have been dropped by the city. And by the way, this is not... All that different, uh, the legal portion of it is definitely different because of the way they handled it, but this is, I think, somewhat connected to, at least in sentiment and politics, what happened right here in Montgomery. Because you remember that they tore down the Robert E. Lee statue that stands just outside of Robert E. Lee High School here in Montgomery. So they tore down Robert E. Lee's statue, and originally... The city had the information, they knew who they were, they were going to prosecute the four men that did that, and then they just all of a sudden had to throw it out because of legal reasons, because there was an issue with the arrest warrants or whatever. Now, maybe it's legitimate. I mean, granted, when it comes to police work in the city, it wouldn't shock me 
uh, things do get thrown out occasionally, and it wouldn't shock me if there was a level of incompetence on the, the level of the police officers in filing the reports. But it also feels like it's awfully convenient that something that it would have been, at the very least, politically controversial, especially in this city, to pursue, that all of a sudden the law just, oh, well, I guess we can't prosecute. Looks like we don't have all the paperwork here. Oh, well, too bad. That seemed to be kind of the attitude that the city was putting forward, and I wonder if Birmingham, which has been run by Democrats and and it's been run by people that are, if nothing else, sympathetic to the cause, and again, I disagree, and I did this yesterday and talked about it, I disagree with the idea that Birmingham should not have autonomy to be able to decide what it puts up and what it takes down in its own parks. That aside, it was wrong for them to do this and, and do it against the law, and uh, for this guy, Funny Mane, to encourage other people to tear down things and break things in the city, regardless of whether or not you think that it should have been there, regardless of whether or not you think that people were justifiably angry at the statue and the city not having the authority to take it down, it's still not the right thing to do to go around the system, to go around the law, and break the law in order to do so. And what is really unfortunate about this is these are two cases where people very clearly, there's no question about it, it meets every qualification for a breach of the law, broke the law, and because of political reasons and because the people have an unwillingness to prosecute because they know that it would be controversial, just kind of drop the cases. I'm not 100% sure that that's what happened in the case of the people here at Lee High School. I, I would put... I'm confident enough in it that I could say that without... There has to be a certain level of confidence or confidence that I have in the way it being something is before I bring something before my audience. And so I got to feel like there's at least an 80 to 90% chance that that's actually what happened and it was not just incompetence on the part of the arresting officers or in the paperwork. But maybe that was the case. In Funny Mains, there's really no other explanation other than they just didn't want to prosecute him. They knew it was going to be controversial. They knew that it wasn't going to be something that was politically favorable in their city, and they didn't want to make people mad, so they decided, you know what, we'll drop it. These people, the, the four in the Robert E. Lee case in Funny Maine, are great examples of people not facing justice, not being held to account, not having to answer for the crimes, yes, the crimes that they have done. And the real problem with all of this is, that we are doing this in this country, and these, of course, are local stories, at the same time when we are prosecuting people and are going after people that don't deserve it. Now, in the case of people like George Floyd and what happened with Aubrey, absolutely 100%, or, or Breonna Taylor, those people should be prosecuted. Those are cases that it's very clear the police acted incorrectly. So it, at the very least, it merited an investigation, it merited the charges, and they should be looked into when it comes to that. This is something that should be happening. But now we hear news out of Atlanta, Georgia, that the two officers that were involved in the altercation with Rashard Brooks have been charged with murder, and the officer that did not shoot him the one that didn't actually fire the gun and that killed Rashard Brooks. And if you are interested in my analysis of that, we go by it point by point 
and go over the security footage. That's in a segment yesterday. Again, go back to the Tactics YouTube page, click subscribe, and, and click the notification bell if you do want to get all of our notifications when new stuff comes out. Uh, but we went through that point by point. If you're interested in seeing the actual footage and hearing my commentary on it, feel free to go back there and check it out. But when it comes to the Richard Brooks case, these two officers that clearly didn't do anything wrong, they did everything by the book, and their own lives were being threatened by a person with a gun, which he stole from the police officers, a police-grade taser, and tried to hurt them, slammed one on the concrete, had already punched and assaulted them. If these were regular citizens, there's no question they would have been absolutely justified in defending their lives. And now because of the tension and because there's a national conversation going on about policing, some of which is justified, that these guys are being completely thrown under the bus by their leadership, by their mayor, it's absolutely disgusting. These guys did absolutely nothing wrong. I have no problem with an investigation into these matters, but looking at the video evidence, there's no indication that they acted inappropriately, even in the slightest. And so what's really, really terrifying right now is that we have moved along this road descending into chaos as a nation. And if you think I'm overplaying it, let's go to Romans 13. If you read Romans 13, it gives two roles for government, two jobs that the government is charged with doing. And those goals are the things that government is supposed to do according to the authority that has been granted to them by the Lord and Creator. Punish evil, be a terror to the wicked, and then the second one is to praise those who are good. Not reward, not give money to, not take care of, praise those who are good. Those are the two goals, the two jobs of government that God imparted and nothing else. Now, we can have debates, and I think that there is room to debate on whether or not there should be other things that it could do just from a purely political standpoint, but from a religious standpoint, those are the only things that God said government is supposed to do. And so they may be able to do other things. I'm not saying that's necessarily against God's design for them to do other things, even though I, I think you could make an argument for that as well. But ultimately, what it boils down to Ultimately, what you have when you derive it down to its bare bones is if government isn't doing those things, then anything else they're doing is completely missing the mark. Those are the two things they're supposed to do. We can argue about the other things, maybe. But if they're not doing that, then they are completely off the mark. And we're doing both of those things. Good police officers and good citizens, for that matter, who have done nothing wrong, that are completely innocent, that are merely bystanders in the case of most of these businesses and the people that have been terrorized. Or, you know, In New York City, a random 92-year-old woman just gets punched in the face for nothing other than, the you know, based on everything that we can look at, probably just because she was an old white lady. Uh, we're seeing young black men beat up old white women. Now, is that a crime because of the color of their skin? No, it's a crime because... She's a person, and they're a person, and they're not supposed to do that to anyone regardless of the reason. But we're descending into chaos. These crimes, criminals, people inciting riots like Funny Main, jo uh, Funny Main Johnson, those things are going unpunished. 
the government is failing on its first job, which is to punish the wicked in order to protect the innocent. And the second part of that is they are not praising that which is good. In the case of these police officers, what the city should have done is come out and said, this is actually a model in policing. The police officers did exactly what they were supposed to do. They were very calm. They were very patient. They were very professional. And only when the assailant escalated matters did they feel the need to protect themselves and protect the public. These people should be commended, and instead they're being thrown under the bus. Meanwhile, people that actually should be persecuted by the government because of the actions that they've taken have been criminal and have harmed other people, those are being completely ignored. This is how a nation devolves into chaos. When government starts doing the opposite of what it was supposed to do. Instead of praising the good and punishing the wicked, they are punishing the good and praising the wicked. That is where we are now. It's bizarro world over here. To give the analogy that is often given about either police officers, military, so on and so forth, that there are three kinds of people. There are the sheep, there are the wolves, and there are the sheep dogs. Well, if we're going to use that analogy, then what is being done here is that we are actually punishing the sheep dogs for trying to do their job, while simultaneously letting the wolves run rampant. I mean, the autonomous zone is a perfect example of all of that. We're actually making sure that the sheepdogs were taking their teeth away because we're afraid that they might harm the wolves. It doesn't make any sense. Now, I'm not for somebody that is in favor... I, I'm not in favor of things like overly zealous, heavy-handed government. I don't want police officers having, for example, records to private citizens' conversations. I, I've never been one of those hawks when it comes to law enforcement. But what we're doing now is we're completely ignoring actual criminals committing crimes and punishing the people that are charged with enforcing those crimes. And so the sheep whether it's a business owner that gets his business burned down by one of the wolves, whether it's a, a person that's just an innocent bystander doing nothing but walking down the street and gets attacked by one of the wolves, regardless of what it is. And by the way, when I say wolves, I'm not even trying to put in any kind of racial implication. A lot of this stuff, as we've covered on this show, are white people that are uh, members of Antifa. The vast majority of the people, I was watching footage earlier today and, and have heard people that have actually been there inside the Chaz, the autonomous zone, the vast majority of the people in there are white people. This isn't a racial thing. The vast majority of the people that are being allowed to do whatever the heck they please, the ones that are the wolves in this scenario, aren't necessarily black people. It's all kinds of people because that is a human problem. Humans have sin. And those that are allowing their sin to run rampant and harm the lambs, harm the innocent, that is something that government is supposed to stop and it is completely failing on at this point. A lot of this movement, a lot of what is going on here, a lot of these people are useful idiots. They don't have a plan. They're not organized. I understand that. It's all spontaneity. It's all heat of the moment. I get that. For the vast majority, well, I don't know about vast majority, but a, a very, very large contingency, I would say at least a majority, if not more, 
of these people, they're not thinking about it from that end. They're not thinking big picture. They're just whatever's right in front of them. Hey, there's a Starbucks. Let's go graffiti it. Like that's the extent of their thought. There's no larger plan in play here. They just like doing bad things and they see this as a, uh, a license to do so. They're opportunistic in that sense. But there is a small group that are organizing this from behind the scenes, people like that are in charge of Antifa, people like the Tides Foundation, so on and so forth, people that are going in and leaving random pallets of bricks out in the, the street where people can find them and use them to break down property, uh, people that are funding bail for people that are Antifa that get arrested, that kind of thing. The overall goal here is chaos. And if we're going to the even greater meta level, and this is one thing that I like to do on Wednesdays and talk about it in more detail, if we go to the super meta level, we're not even talking about humans that are organizing this. This is a demonic movement. The devil wants there to be chaos. He wants there to be derision. He wants people to not feel like they're safe because once that happens, and this has been shown throughout human history, that's when he really gets to start working his magic. Some of the greatest examples of human tragedy throughout all of human history started with a society delving into chaos. There's a few reasons why that is. Were the Nazis chaotic? No. They were super ordered. In fact, they were so ordered that there are jokes being made about them to this day, about their trains running on time and whatnot. How did society get to that point? Because they delved into chaos. In the Weimar Republic, Germany was so torn asunder that there was absolutely no consistency, their money couldn't be relied upon, their police couldn't be relied upon, up was down, black was white, they had no idea how to sustain themselves, how to sustain their family, and what happened is Hitler came in as a strong man saying, I'll fix it, put your faith in me. And he became a very authoritarian person, something that was very ordered, but it started with chaos. The stated goal of the Fabian Society, the very first socialist organization in Europe, it shows them with the world on fire. They set it on fire and heat it in a hearth in order to mold it to their heart's desire, like hot iron can be bent to a blacksmith's desire. That's their goal. They want to inflame the world, bring it into chaos so that it can be remolded in their image. And this isn't Caleb coming up with a bunch of crazy conspiracy theories. You can see countless videos of people that are leaders on this organization. Army, uh, oh, what's his name? Is it Army Young? I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm missing his name, but uh, he posted a video earlier today. Fantastic film where one of the organizers in Chaz says, no, we have to burn the whole thing down in order to start it back up. That's exactly what is being said here. That's exactly what is being done. They want to bring chaos down. And the reason that they do, ultimately, is because they know that once that happens, they'll be able to reshape the world to their heart's desire. We are fighting a spiritual battle, and it is time that we realize that. I mean, yes, there's a tangential political fight to this as well. But do you really think voting for this person or that person, do you really think voting for President Trump and keep America great again is going to make all this go away? We are fighting on a spiritual plane, and the sooner we realize that, the sooner we'll start having some success. This is an evil, wicked ideology that has taken hold in the minds of men. And it's probably always been there to some degree, but now it's coming out in, in 
full view for everybody to see. And unless we start getting government back to the job that it was intended to do, punishing the wicked, rewarding the good, instead of the opposite of that, then we're going to delve into chaos too. And uh, on a much lighter note, but I'm going to take it serious because I, I guess that that's just kind of the mood that I'm in right now. Uh, you may have heard today that Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben, have completely redone their branding or have announced that they're going to. They, they haven't actually uh, announced it or, or shown it yet. They've just said, hey, we're going to be doing this in the near future. Look for it. So Aunt Jemima, of course, being a, uh, a brand of syrup, which has had the same imaging for, I think, 130 years, the article that I saw. And uh, Uncle Ben, same thing. It just has a, an elderly black guy on there, and they've decided to get rid of it. I don't really understand why. I don't understand why people would find that offensive. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, one said that the model for Aunt Jemima was blaze, based off of a black maid in the late 1800s. Okay, so why why is that an offensive thing? Like, if the uh, the brawny man is a stereotypical lumberjack from, you know, probably around that area in history, that doesn't offend me. I don't get it. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't understand why it being based on that uh, is such a big deal. But... Lando Lakes recently did the same thing, by the way, where they removed the Native American that was depicted on their butter. And it's funny because that one actually is one that I use. I don't really buy land, uh, Aunt Jemima syrup. I, I'm from Alabama. I use Alaga, a local product here made in, in uh, actually, I think, made uh, right here in the state. Everything's manufactured here as well, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to check on that. But yeah, they're, they're a sponsor of the Montgomery Biscuits, which are also carried by Cumulus Media. And so... Uh, if I do get syrup, which is very rare, I would buy homegrown and get Alaga. Uh, but Uncle Ben, same thing. I don't really buy Uncle Ben. I don't really do instant rice. I buy the regular rice and, and cook it in my pressure cooker because uh, I think it's better that way. I've eaten Uncle Ben before, but overall, it's not really something that I have a dog in that fight. Lando likes butter. I do actually buy Lando likes butter, and it's funny. When I found out that they had removed the Native American, I was like, I don't think they have. And I opened up my fridge, and sure enough, it was gone. Like, I had butter already in my fridge that I had been using that I didn't even notice it. So, obviously, it's not something that's super important to me. So, I got into a discussion with some of my buddies earlier today about this. And they were basically saying the same thing that I did when it came to, you know, on the surface, I really don't care. I mean, I don't use Aunt Jemima syrup, but if I did... As long as the syrup stays the same, I don't really care what the branding looks like. If that were my favorite brand of syrup, I would use it regardless. You know, all of my different brands uh, that I can think of, all the different brands that I use, I don't base that on their branding or their marketing campaign, at least not consciously. Maybe subconsciously I do, I don't know. Uh, the only exception I can think of is, you remember back when Era Detergent used to have Chuck Norris as their spokesperson? And like everything, they had the big Chuck Norris approved uh, stamp on it. Back when they did that, I actually did use it specifically because they had Chuck Norris. I just thought that was awesome. Uh, but other than that, I really can't think of another like product that I buy specifically because of their branding or that I would like I'd like to use but would stop buying because they discontinued that branding. But regardless, on all of this, on the surface, I really don't care. Doesn't bother me, doesn't really affect my life. 
But then one of my friends asked me, okay, what's the rationale behind this? Because he didn't get it either. Like, why, why get rid of Aunt Jemima? Like, what's, what's wrong with that? And he brought up the fact that he found that there was a, a, you know, it was based off of a black maid to which I, again, responded, so what? Like, why, why is that a bad thing? Like, I, I don't understand the issue here. But nonetheless, that was the rationale. And, and what I told him is, and I think that this holds true, the problem is he's a reasonable, rational person. And he thinks if there are all these people that are upset about it to the point that a company would rebrand and announce that they're going to rebrand, well, there's got to be a reason for that, right? Actually, no. You see, we're living in the postmodernist era where the mere fact that someone is outraged is in and of itself a reason. There doesn't have to be a reason behind the outrage. Not only does there not have to be a good reason, there doesn't even really have to be a reason. The mere fact that someone is angered by something is enough to scare a company into compliance. It's enough to scare governments and government officials into compliance. The mere fact that somebody feels as though something is wrong or feels as though something should be different is justification enough in their mind to make it so. That's the problem that we're dealing with. And like I said, when it comes to the syrup, the rice, and the butter, really doesn't affect my life much. The reason that I bring it up on the show, the reason that I harp on it, the reason that I think this is a fight worth having is not because of the syrup and the rice and the butter. The problem I have is with the postmodernist nonsense that a person's feelings should be thought of as justified and rational even when they are not. The mere fact that because some random person feels a certain way that we should all capitulate to their feeling and, and try to play the lowest common denominator instead of explaining, reasoning out, something like that, that we automatically go to, well, that person is offended, ergo, it must be wrong. That is an idea that is at the crux of postmodernist thinking, that feelings matter more than facts. And so on the surface, I don't really care that it affects the rice and the syrup and the butter. What I do care about is the underlying postmodernist thought that rejects reason in favor of blindfolded adherence to whatever a person feels. Because that doesn't just lead to a change in the products in your fridge or in your pantry. That leads to a complete overhaul of a society. And if you don't believe me, here's a story out of Boston. There is a statue in Boston that depicts Abraham Lincoln standing with a freed slave. There's a, a little blurb underneath it. I don't know what, what, of, what else you would call it. I want to say epitaph, but that's only for a, a tombstone. So an engraving underneath the statue says essentially that with the, with the race freed and the nation at peace, Abraham Lincoln finally took his rest. And that's a paraphrase. It's not an exact quote. But now there is a guy in Boston that has started a petition to get rid of that statue. But don't worry, gang. We're not talking about erasing history. We're just talking about those evil, hateful Confederate generals, including Robert E. Lee, whose wife actually broke the law to teach black children how to read and was in favor of abolition of slavery. Uh, and also Stonewall Jackson, who in his Bible class taught black children, even though that was illegal in the state of Georgia at the time. 
uh, th- those evil, terrible, very bad people. Look, I understand it with some people like Jefferson Davis and Andrew Jackson. I, I, I don't agree with the idea of tearing it down because I think that should be preserved as a part of history. But I at least understand the argument. Most of the people making those cases with people like Stonewall Jackson and Robert E. Lee are completely ignorant of history. And then that expanded out to, well, anybody that may have been a racist or owned slaves. So that expanded out to, for example, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, both of whom were abolitionists that opposed slavery and thought it should have been gotten rid of and tried to free their own slaves. Doesn't matter. We've got to get rid of them, too. Now it's extending even to the great emancipator, Abraham Lincoln. And if you want to know how this is all connected to the idea of feelings first, this is the quote from the person who started the petition. I've been watching this man on his knees since I was a kid, referring to the black person who is there uh, in the Abraham Lincoln statue. It's supposed to represent freedom, but instead it represents us beneath someone else. I would always ask myself, if he's free, why is he still on his knees? No kid should have to ask themselves that question anymore. Now, completely ignore the fact that this statue of Abraham Lincoln was specifically dedicated in Washington, D.C. It's actually an exact replica of that statue. And that statue was one that was, at the dedication ceremony, Frederick Douglass spoke at it. He was one of the ones that uh, advocated for it. Just ignore the fact that that statue was funded and erected in Washington, D.C. by freed slaves as a tribute to Abraham Lincoln for what he had done for them. Ignore all of that. Ignore the facts. Ignore the history. I'm outraged. Ergo, it must go. That is postmodernist thinking in a nutshell. Your facts don't matter. I don't care that it's untrue. I don't care that my feelings aren't justified. They're my feelings. Ergo, you need to do what I tell you to do. Which is the worst form of tyranny that I can think of. Now, if you're wondering, okay, but why is the slave on his knees? The slave is on his knees there at Abraham Lincoln's feet, not worshiping or kissing or uh, groveling for his freedom. In fact, the sculptor that put this statue together he has, in that, that depiction, the slave breaking the chains of slavery off of himself. Not Abraham Lincoln doing it, him doing it. And this is specifically done to show that that freed slave played a role, and an important one, in his own liberation. But that it was Abraham Lincoln that helped them get to that point. So now we're taking down tributes to Abraham Lincoln who freed the slaves because somebody somewhere is offended by it and misunderstood and misinterpreted the art that depicts him. We have descended into utter madness. You see, the SCOTUS decision that came down this week, it's the same kind of thing. Regardless of the fact that this nation was built on the idea of private property rights, regardless of the idea that this nation was put forth in the ideas of economic freedom, and you're free to run your business how you want, you're free to do whatever you want, and you are free to make moral judgments on others, correct or incorrect as they may be, the SCOTUS decision came from a place of, well, there are hurt feelings here, therefore we have to decide it a different way. The postmodernist thinking is feelings don't care about your facts. We are immune to your facts. And this is what I told my buddy that was asking why this is an important issue. 
with the syrup and the butter and all the other ridiculous things. It's important because the underlying problem is this postmodernist thought that does not regard reason as a value or something that does need to be sought after. Truth is a non-starter with them. And that's a very poisonous thing that breaks down a nation. That underlying cause that gets rid of Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben and the Native American on the land of lakes butter is the same kind of thinking that leads to taking down a tribute to one of our nation's greatest presidents, depicting him assisting black people in finding their liberation. It's the same line of thinking, the same core problem that leads to the Supreme Court just whole cloth uh, making up a right for you to have a job. Saying that a gay person or a transgender person now has to have a job and you cannot terminate them because of the decisions that they make regardless of your own beliefs. That is what has happened here. And if you want to know why the nation is descending into chaos, that is it. You can never find a logic in a logical vacuum. When you start looking for it, you'll just drive yourself crazy. When it comes to this postmodernist thought, they have immunitized themselves to new information because the new information doesn't matter because their feelings stay the same regardless of what the new information is. Even if this guy got this information, I'm sure that when it comes to him or, or the people backing him, that have, the thousands of people that have signed this petition, it wouldn't matter to them the history of the statue because they're offended and that to them is reason enough to tear it down. The fact that, you know, all the things that has been done for people because of Abraham Lincoln and not just Lincoln himself, but his legacy and the example that he set for other people and how to treat other people of other races, that doesn't matter to them because the only thing that matters is they're offended by it. It is impossible to reason with a person like that. A person that is offended by a picture on a bottle of syrup. That's not a person that you can sit together and reason with. You cannot reason with a mad person. It's just impossible. And, and that means a person that is angry, and it also means a person that has abandoned and jettisoned his own reason in favor of grabbing onto his feelings and wherever his whims lead him. It can't be done. You know, I'm reminded of something that C.S. Lewis said kind of along these same lines because, gang, there are no new problems under the sun. Solomon said that every problem we have is a, a just a different form of a problem that has already existed since the antiquity of the human race. I remember that C.S. Lewis said this level of oversensitivity is the worst form of tyranny. How we fight it in others, I am not sure but I know that we must be relentless in stamping it out of our own souls. That's a paraphrase, of course. I don't have the actual quotation in front of me right this moment. But we can't control what other people do. We can speak out against it. What we can do is try to reach out to other people and explain to them, the reasonable people that are on the sidelines, this isn't right. And that's the thing that we must do. So, when it comes to these little bitty things, I'm not saying that you have to be a dog chasing every single car that runs by, but when it comes to this ridiculous level of postmodernist thinking, that is a battle that is worth fighting, even if it doesn't seem like it on the surface. Because when you jettison truth, as the postmodernist ideology tries to do, when you get rid of objective truth and you have no standard to go on, 
the only possible logical end is a paganistic, chaotic world. Stay the course, friends. Tactics with Caleb Colquitt, only on News Radio 1440 and NewsRadio1440.com.